Hello, everyone. Welcome to Oh Wow! The Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK, starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we're getting into Season 3, Episode 8, Effie. So today we have a returning guest to the pod whom was truly a fan favorite. Everybody loved the first time I had Felicia Fisher on the podcast. That was like way back at the start of the podcast when I had no idea what I was doing. So she's back and it's going to be better than ever. And this is such an exciting episode. How are you feeling today, Felicia? I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I was a fan favorite too. Thank you, everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to be here again, and I'm really jazzed we're doing this, and you got this fancy microphone, and we can be less than six feet away from each other. This is really nice. (laughs) Yeah, last time we were recording, it was in the middle of winter. I had just started the podcast, so I was using, like, an old headset from the 80s, and now we're here in the studio, live recording, and we're going to have a great time talking about this crazy episode that I think everyone has some familiarity with if you've watched this show before. And we have a lot of stories to get into today, too, so I hope you guys are ready for some personal stories. Walks down memory lane. (laughs) (laughs) So, this episode opens with Effie. I completely forgot about this scene. She's just, like, listlessly fucking cook, completely dead-eyed, And we are seeing the downfall of their uh, relationship, I guess. Just to give the listeners some context, as Felicia's coming in on a hot episode where a lot has been culminating, we just had to do a little behind-the-scenes discuss about everything that's been going on. So Cook has self-sabotaged basically every relationship in his life, and Felicia reminded me that... Everything, the tension between Cook and Freddie was partially because of Effie and partially because Cook fucked Karen, Freddie's sister, and then sabotaged her show. So thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. There's so much going on. I took like the notes for this episode and I was like, this is pretty cut and dry. It's just a straightforward episode. Everyone's together. And then I'm like, holy shit. This is like the domino thing you and Chelsea were talking about where it's like things keep building up. Like Cook has been having sex with everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cook cannot keep it in his pants. And he, one by one, has ruined every friendship and every person that cared about him. So he's really isolating himself from the group. And we're going to really see how that plays out in this episode. So just to give you guys context, that's where we're at. And so, of course, things with him and Effie are sort of going downhill. We also saw in the last episode that Cook's been hooking up with Pandora. Mm -hmm. More than once, because Effie thought it was a one-time thing. And then JJ saw them together again, Mm -hmm. which that will play out a little bit more in the episode a little later on. Right. So there's a lot of secrets and lies, and this whole group is becoming a real clusterfuck. (laughs) Yeah. It reminds me of the drama I would hear about in high school happening, where it's like everybody's fucking everybody, everybody's sabotaging everybody, like drama, blah, blah, blah. And then people do drugs together, and then the drama heightens, which is exactly what happens in this episode. (laughs) Right. So Effie and Cook are like listlessly fucking and then he just leaves without even saying goodbye. And in the last episode, we saw Cook tell Freddie, hey, Effie loves you and she just fucks me because she's afraid of being in love with you. 
So Cook is pretty depressed about the state of affairs, too, because I think he genuinely cares about Effie Mm -hmm. as much as he can, anyway. As soon as Cook leaves, Effie opens her phone and calls Freddy. I don't believe he picks up. So she goes downstairs and she talks to her mom a little bit and says she broke up with Cook. And then her mom is kind of dealing with the divorce, right? Yeah. Something like that. So she doesn't really say anything. And then Effie says she's pregnant and her mom doesn't really say anything. I think this is a repeat scene. I don't remember if in the first generation, Effie also has a scene in the kitchen where she drops a vase on the ground and her parents don't even notice. I feel like maybe we saw that in the first gen, but this might be the first time that scene happens. But it really just shows how far out Anthea is and like the parents are just totally checked out, leaving Mm -hmm. Effie to her own devices, which is not great. (laughs) Love, child neglect. Anyways, I bring that up because afterwards, Effie just goes to Freddy's after he doesn't pick up the phone call, and she catches Freddy and Katie making out. Yeah. yeah, I think this is the first scene where we see them. No, we've they've been together, I think, for a bit, but it is shocking to see Katie and Freddy together because they just seem so mismatched to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why, why can't? Why can't you all just be together with who you're meant to be with? But of course, high school. (laughs) Right. And Freddie does his little, like, staring thing. He always is giving an intense stare to people. (laughs) (laughs) You can make a drinking game out of, like, every time Freddie hardcore stares at someone, and that's just the whole shot. Katie says that they're going to have a party at Gobbler's End, and she asks Effie to drive, which is, like, the most high school situation to be in. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't really want you to come, but you can drive, so, like, can you be the person with a car? And she says specifically, don't invite Cook. Um, Yeah, clearly it's, like, a big Katie thing. Like, it's all about Katie. Katie's the one who's starting the party. Katie doesn't want it to be a drug party, blah, blah, blah. Which, I didn't catch this the first time I watched it, but I feel like Effie tucks that away in her mind and maybe decides then she's going to make it about her. Yeah, they're, like, competing for the alpha role, Mm -hmm. and I think Freddy's definitely the most desirable guy at the moment, so it's, like, competing for who's going to be the alpha female of the group. Yeah. And uh, Effie's role as the alpha has been threatened by Katie, and we even see Effie, after she leaves the shed, she, like, throws up in the alleyway, which is a very vulnerable moment. Yeah. Which is very unlike Effie thus far, who's been very strong and very, very much the queen bee in my eyes, but this isn't a competition. Or is it? (laughs) So Effie agrees to take the car and drive everybody. I think maybe you're right that she's sort of plotting that she can use this to her advantage somehow. And there's a really sad scene where Cook shows up at Effie's house with a four-course meal and a cake. And, like, we know that he's very poor. So just that effort is really, like, heartwarming. And it's really sad that she's just like, fuck you, even though he kind of deserves it, but... I think he deserves it. I think this is her finally putting her foot down, which I love for her. But, yeah, like, yeah, his mom... Or her mom is like, yeah, she's out of town at Gobbler's End, whatever. And he's like, I got a fucking gato. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just too easily swayed by the characters. Like, as soon as Cook has a nice scene, I'm like, oh, he's not all bad. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, well... 
we'll see everything else he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> so they're on the way to Gobbler's End, and it seems to be far out in what we in America would call the boonies. Mm-hmm. They get lost, and they have to stop at a gas station. They do. I mentioned before doing this that I was getting flashbacks to when I was younger, and I was hitchhiking in New Zealand, and a lot of the New Zealand countryside is like this, just really quaint, empty-looking towns with really wild people on the road. Um, which is what we see in this scene because they pull up or some poachers pull up on them, get really rowdy with them. Um, have you ever had any weird experiences traveling in your youth? I feel like New Zealand, I could definitely see that being like the exact vibe because even in rural America, I would say that these guys are like standard Americans, so it's not yeah. as shocking to run into people like that, but I would be terrified if I was like out in the the outback of like another country and came across that. I was scared. I had all caps in my notes being like, they're in the fucking boonies and I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely the type of thing you'd see in like middle of nowhere, especially like in the desert in the US. Like feel those empty ass gas stations in the middle of nowhere. Right. And the guys tell them to beware the moon, which is sort of a ominous statement. Yeah. They also pull a fucking gun on them and try to sexually trigger warning sexual assault try to sexually assault katie yeah (laughs) like ah it's scary it's It's really scary scary. and i'm like oh my god i would be terrified because yeah i've mostly been on like the eastern half of the u.s too where even if you're in that situation you know there's like a walmart down the street somewhere but i haven't even been in the desert of the u.s and i'm like that's scary if there's like nothing around you yeah Yeah, I never really had anything. I mean, I've just, like, encountered some really interesting people at the gas stations out west, but, like, there was this one time in New Zealand I was hitchhiking, and I got picked up by these guys, and, like, we look in the backseat of the car, and there's, like, all these electronics, and we were like, oh, what, what's all that back there? And they're like, oh, they're uh, just some electronics. We uh, acquired them from this uh, town back there. We were like, okay, and... I don't, I don't know. I was very on edge. I like had a panic attack. Like the vibes were completely off and I like faked having a panic attack just to get out of the car because of that. And it, this scene reminded me so much of those people. It's just like the weird people you see in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And these guys are definitely trying to threaten the kids. Mm -hmm. And even when the kids leave, they get the directions, but the car follows them and is like trying to run them off the road. Yeah. Scary. So we're just like setting the mood for a really good night, right? <laughs> like good vibes only. Yeah, I would have gone home. Like that's exactly what I wrote. Go home, kids. Yeah. And even Pandora's like, can we just go home? And I'm like, you should. If that's how the night's gonna start out, like that's just a sign to just call it a night. Yeah. Tensions are really high between everybody as they get in the woods, and also. Thomas is really sad mm-hmm. about Pandora because now he knows from the last episode that Cook and Pandora have been hooking up. Mm-hmm. So it's just like everything's weird. PSA, you probably shouldn't There's some hitchhike. Kids that listen to this. So PSA, if you're ever in New Zealand, maybe don't hitchhike. It was different when I was a youth. It was different even 20 years ago. It was different 30 years ago. People are wild out here nowadays. I do not recommend it, but 
The official yeah. oh wow the podcast statement on hitchhiking is don't call an Uber. Uber's <laughs> a thing now. <laughs> yeah, Uber wasn't a thing back then, kids. So <laughs> neither was fucking Google Maps, which ties into this episode because they're lost as shit, but they finally get there. Right. Yeah. If only we had that technology back then, we would have not gotten into so many dangerous situations. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, count your blessings. <laughs> So, let's see. They get into the woods, they find the spot that they're going to camp out for the night, and Effie just has that iconic scene that is always on Tumblr, where it's like her eye makeup is the main focus, and she's just like laying in the leaves. Effie is scheming. Might I say Bristol's best? Yeah, of course. I'm calling it. Uh, The eyeshadow, on point. Rip sweater eyeshadow combo on point. I will say Katie's leopard print accessorizing has been something throughout the entire season, but on this episode in particular, it stands out. Puffer jacket, headband, red hair, very 2009. I loved it. I was living for it. So I agree with you. Once again, I think they're tied. <laughs> I definitely have to agree. This is an iconic moment. While Effie's laying down in the leaves, she finds random mushrooms growing. So I wanted to ask, have you seen the movie Shrooms? No, what is it? Oh my gosh, okay. If you guys like this episode, listeners included, um, there's a movie where this group of people goes to Ireland and they're camping out in the woods and it's almost scene for scene basically the same as this where they find wild mushrooms growing and then they like totally freak out and have a bad trip and... I won't spoil the ending for you, but if you like this episode, I recommend you guys watch the movie Shrooms. It scared the shit out of me when I was younger. (laughs) It's really good. And there's like a scene where this, it's basically one main character girl is tripping and she sees like a cow biting a guy's dick off or something. (laughs) Oh my God. It's good. I would, I think you would like it too. Yeah. So watch the movie Shrooms. Anyway, uh, they, kind of escalate the night with these mushrooms definitely also psa to the younger listeners don't take random mushrooms that you find in the woods because they'll probably kill you and katie's right (laughs) yeah please don't like it's very unlikely you're gonna find hallucinogenic mushrooms just growing in the wild like whether you're in the u.s or the uk so please don't do that yeah go to a reputed dealer go to california where they're like legal ish now go somewhere you can get them and they're regulated if you can Thank you. Yeah, this is definitely Effie's play for power, as we kind of mentioned earlier, that she's like, I'm going to be the coolest partier. And of course, everybody's excited because they're teenagers. And also, if you're going to trip, don't go into it in a really bad headspace because that's going to guarantee a bad trip. A hundred percent. Maybe consider not doing them, too. I have never had a good time on shrooms. (laughs) This is my confession. I feel like I sound like such a wet blanket recording with you. I love it. I'm always like, don't do this, don't do that. But as someone who's done a lot of things in my youth, uh, I have never had a good time on mushrooms. It was not worth the mental agony. It was not a good time. Just don't do them. It's not, it's not all sparklers, montages, yeah. hip-hop music playing behind it. And we'll see that it does go quite bad sometimes. Right. Especially if you're like stressed out, you've had people holding you at gunpoint and trying to attack you and you're having issues with all of your friends that is like the worst environment to take mushrooms in so seriously everybody takes them except for katie she's the only one who doesn't take any she doesn't no oh. everyone else does which is kind of interesting 
Yeah. Because then, yeah, like you said, they're all like dancing with sparklers and everybody like eventually falls asleep and Effie falls asleep holding hands with Freddy mm-hmm. while he's cuddling with Katie, which is a fucking move. I'm like, Effie. <laughs> Like, have I done something like that? Yes. Do I think it was a shitty thing to do? Yes. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to be a girl boss, but, like, sometimes it backfires. Yeah. Like, now is not the time. And I think Effie's using it as, like, oh, well, we were all really fucked up, so, like, teehee. But I think, in my experience taking mushrooms, like, you are cognizant of what you're doing. You're not, like, totally on another planet. So if you're holding hands with someone, you know you're holding hands with them. (laughs) Which leads me to, like, what I said earlier. I feel like this was just a big, like, chess game to Effie. Like, I'm going to take away the power from Katie. This is going to become my party. This is going to be a drug party. This is going to be me and Freddie getting together. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And now Katie is like us, like the wet blanket, just being like, don't do drugs, kids. Which, when you're a teenager, is not the popular opinion. 100%. Guys, we're getting into the meat of this episode. It's going to be a lot to try to sparse out all the details. So we took a little break to recoup where we're at. So they've fallen asleep on drugs. And in case you guys haven't taken mushrooms, it's a long trip. It's like a 12-hour trip, usually. That's what I would expect if I took mushrooms, especially as many as they took. Mm -hmm. They were not microdosing. They were macrodosing fistfuls. (laughs) So it's like, you're going to be tripping for like a solid 12 hours. So Mm -hmm. the night is not over yet. Effie wakes up to Katie yelling at her about falling asleep holding Freddy's hand. Yeah. Like, I didn't want you here anyways. You ruined my night says something about, like, I didn't expect you to throw yourself at your friend's fucking partner, blah, blah, blah. Very intense. Uh, Effie's ob- still tripping and is obviously super high and starts bugging out. Like, it was like, whoa. Like, couldn't believe she was, like, yelling at her and then looked around and apparently someone moved their stuff, which isn't, it isn't very clear if that really happened or not. But other people start moving around and looking, looking around for their stuff, too, and then they hear gunshots. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, like, it's the guys. Like, these guys are coming for them. They, and it is a lot like the movie Shrooms, where I think there's, like, creepy guys in a cabin or something in that movie, oh. which is, like, really not the vibe. And, okay, personal story time is that I often think, and the last time Felicia was on the pod, we talked about the, like, warehouse parties, and I kind of mentioned, like, I'm from rural New England, where we did not have warehouse parties. We had barn parties, and we, like, would go to the woods, and I remember, I always think about this, I went to what was called, like, a Girl Scout cabin. It was, like, this abandoned old cabin in the middle of the woods with a bunch of people I didn't know. And I always think that something like this could have happened that night, and I think we just got lucky. I think I only had some, like, weed butter that night. But if I was tripping, I would have been freaking the fuck out being just, like, in the middle of the woods when there are hunters that are going to be shooting off guns and stuff. Yeah, or just, like, random creeps that could come out screaming at you, which is what they start hearing, Mm -hmm. screaming. It's really scary. I was like, oh, my God, these guys are going to come, like, shoot them in the woods. Or we both also listen to a lot of true crimes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, 
an yeah. idiot. <laughs> I'm actually afraid to go camping nowadays after listening to so much true crime. I can't camp. It's something I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, same. Very much same. I used to just casually be like, oh, group of people. Let's just go sleep in the middle of the woods with no one around. And now I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So we're freaking out. We have awoken to this stress of many things. And guess who stumbles onto the campsite but our buddy Cook. Yeah. <laughs> who apparently was just screaming to scream. He hid the bags. He thought it was a big funny joke seeing everyone freak out. And everyone's fucking pissed. Yeah. And they're like, Cook, we didn't fucking invite you. We didn't want you here. Of course, you're being the asshole. And, like, the one thing that's good to know is that Cook says that these guys are just poachers. They're not actually, like, trying to hunt down the kids and murder them. So that's kind of good. But, like, fuck you, Cook, for scaring everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, Cook has to, like, start shit with everybody while he's there. And he tells Freddy, like, Effie doesn't want me anymore, do you, princess? And she's like, no. (laughs) And Katie says, what do I care? Freddy's with me. So obviously she knows there's a lot of tension there, too. And she looks over at Freddy, who agrees with her after a pause. So she dips. She goes for a walk, which I wouldn't fucking do. I would just go hide in a tent, personally. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I would also wouldn't want to deal with Cook if my night was already feeling weird. Yeah, and JJ kind of stands up to Cook and is like, get the fuck out of here, JJ, after the last episode, seeing Cook and Pandora hooking up. Like, JJ is just done with Cook. He's Mm -hmm. so disappointed in this person that was supposed to be his friend. And also the way Cook was talking about him on the phone, he was really pissed about that. So, like, JJ tells him to fuck off. And this is when we find out or Effie finds out, we already know, but Effie finds out that Pandora's been hooking up with Cook regularly. Mm-hmm. Just <sighs> shitty. So, yeah, I took many notes about this. Good. Would you like me to... Air out everybody's dirty laundry. <laughs> All right, I'm about to air it out for everybody. This is a heavy-ass scene. I was doing fucking play-by-plays. All right. Okay, Sportscaster so... Felicia. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> Cook spills the beans about Pandora fucking him. Pandora tells him to shut up. Mm -hmm. Thomas says he knows. Effie says, it's only once, right? Nope. Pandora and Cook have been fucking. Mm -hmm. Cook goes up to Thomas and says it in his face. Me fucked your girlfriend multiple times. Okay, asshole. Racist piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Cook. Cook is begging Thomas to hit him, but of course Thomas is the bigger person and is like, no... I'm not going to hit you. You're a fucking little boy. Mm-hmm. Go, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pandora and Thomas do start fighting, though, which gets Cook what he wanted. Chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas says she's lied over and over to him. True that. And he says this thing. I fell in love with this girl. She was good. She was honest in donuts. Mm-hmm. And this new one, I don't like her. She makes my heart hurt. Which I know. made me tear up a little. Yeah, that I really line. like Thomas. I really stand Thomas and Pandora, and I'm really bummed out about what went on there. Do you think it was just, like, Effie's influence on Pandora to, like, sort of act in this reckless way? I don't know. I feel like that, and also, like, I feel like it, when I was younger, I was both that girl, and I saw that girl that would just hook up with the guy that was throwing himself at all the girls just because, like, the attention felt good. 
something compels you to do that with the guy who just wants to bone you. And I think maybe that's just what it was. Maybe. Like, Pandora wasn't really thinking. Like, she had the stability of Thomas. But then, like, Cook is like, oh, you want to fuck, babe? So, like, she went for it. And then she kept going for it. And she's kind of been patronized by Effie for so long and just treated... And at the sleepover, Pandora was crying about it, being like, stop treating me, basically, like a dumb little kid. Pandora's been trying to prove that she's independent, she's worthy of being her own person, and, like, maybe she also feels that because she kind of already fucked it up with Thomas by having sex with Cook before Thomas, like, it's like, well, it's already too late, so let's just keep hooking up just out of, like, guilt or something. Yeah. It's really, really sad. The dynamics are so complicated between all of these people at this point. Seriously. Like, the whole fucking season was just, like, planning for this night. Mm-hmm. Kudos to the writers. <laughs> right. They put so. in some work. Shit hits the fan, and Cook is just re- reveling in the fact that, like, oh, if they don't want to be my friend, well, I'm going to make sure none of them are friends with each other either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Cook got what he wanted. He also gets decked by Pandora, which is pretty great. Yeah. That was a solid hit, too. Yeah. (laughs) It looked like it hurt. (laughs) And Um, then Effie just totally snaps at this news because she feels so betrayed by Pandora. Like, of course, it's just a human instinct to be like, this is the guy that I've been with, for better or for worse. And my best friend is fucking him on the side and lying about it. So she's just like, cool, everyone's a disappointment been there it's not a good feeling no just the ultimate betrayal meanwhile they're all still tripping on mushrooms and like high and drunk and it's not good so yeah freddie asks effie if she's okay but she starts freaking out and thinking something's crawling on her maybe it's a manifestation of all the wild stuff going on just coming out and she starts bugging out having a terrible trip clearly Uh, pushes Freddie away and she runs into the woods. Yeah, so Effie, like, we see her mental health issues have been escalating, and to me, personally, this is, like, the breaking point for Effie, and all the way into season four, like, she never really comes back fully from this moment, so she just totally freaks out and, yeah, runs into the woods, which is uh, the worst idea ever. Also happens in the movie Shrooms. (laughs) <laughs> what came first, this episode or Shrooms? Do you know? I'm going to have to look it up because I was watching them around the same time. Weird. I wonder if there's a correlation. Did they rip like, off that movie? Kinda. Yeah, or if it was meant to be like a reference to it or something. I don't know. It is really uncannily similar. So, yeah, Effie just sprints into the woods in the middle of the night, and we kind of see a flash of the moon, which is what those guys had warned about. Mm-hmm. It's very spooky. Very foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Katie finds Effie wherever Effie ends up running. I mean, she could have run 100 feet away. We have no idea. It's, yeah. It seems like she's run miles, but she's so hallucinating that we don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And I think this next part is like a pretty... It reminds me a lot of my times on Shrooms where it's just like flashes of things happening um, That's awful. Yeah, I've had. Have you? What if your shroom experience has been like? If you want to talk about it, yeah. For me, it's been like really fun. I kind of always knew that it was 
you know, to set the mood. But I come from very, like, hippy-dippy land. So we would, like, put on the Grateful Dead and smoke some joints and take some mushrooms. And then we would just, like, listen to records. And I would just watch the patterns, like, in the dirt or whatever. And even at music festivals and stuff, like, I always had a really good experience on mushrooms. And it was nothing like this. So I find it so... I feel so bad that people, like, have this experience. (laughs) Yeah, I've only had bad times on shrooms. I've also... Yeah, I was not doing it in the same settings you were doing. It definitely had bad things going on. I will say, just, you probably shouldn't do shrooms in general, especially if you have, like, underlying mental health issues or bad things you're going through or whatever and clearly Effie is going through some really bad things and has underlying mental health issues that are definitely getting to her right now in the middle of this trip hallucinogenics can definitely trigger I've seen it happen like trigger like schizophrenia or psychosis like if you're predispositioned to those things then it's absolutely not a good idea and that's like not in my family line at all so I think maybe I just got lucky with that. Yeah. But I have seen people, like, never come back from taking hallucinogenics. It's not... Not everyone has the same experience. Yeah. For sure. Drugs are bad. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, this does remind me of the negative times I've had on shrooms because it's just, like, flashes of things that it isn't clear if it's real or not. And, like, it's really wild what Katie... Or, yeah, what Katie is saying to Effie, like... Uh, Katie asks why she's crying. She seems really sympathetic. Effie says she doesn't know. Then Katie's like, oh, you have bugs in your hair. You have bugs in your hair. What's going on? And then laughs about it and says she was joking. And then Katie starts crying and says, don't take Freddie from me. And then she starts raging at Effie. And it's like, yeah, I thought maybe Katie was tripping because it's like these, like, crazy like these fast cycling emotions and stuff like that like is this just actually katie at her most vulnerable is she tripping is effie imagining these things like it's wild yeah i watched it thinking that effie was like imagining some of it and some of it was real but maybe katie was also just really drunk because i've definitely been emotional like that with just alcohol like so i don't know what exactly was real or not but what is real is that katie jumps on effie and starts like pulling her hair and choking her which is fucking awful yes (laughs) that's a nightmare like i would also freak the fuck out if that was happening to me when i was that fucked up and so the culmination of the scene is that effie takes a rock that's next to her and hits katie in the head with it Mm mm-hmm Katie just falls off her. And falls to the ground, and (laughs) Effie passes out. Bye! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, After some unknown amount of time, Effie just walks back to camp by moonlight. And she wakes Freddy up and is like, hit me so I can feel something, which isn't that like that movie 13? I saw that! (laughs) And I was like, is this a reference to that too? Because it looks exactly like that scene. And she's like, hit me. I want to feel something. Hit me as hard as you can. (laughs) And instead, because he's a nice boy with a fedora, he doesn't hit her. He kisses her. Yeah. Cook would probably just hit her. Yeah, honestly. Like, damn, babes, you want to get a little kinky tonight, huh? Yeah. (laughs) He'd be like, grab my balls while I punch you in the face. (laughs) 
But Freddie's a nice boy, so he kisses her, and then they have this like passionate kissing, hooking up. I think she like sucks his dick, which is like a weird move after hitting Katie in the head with a rock. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like Effie, that's a choice. Yeah. And then they seemingly just pass out for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think JJ's really cute in the morning. It's like so wholesome in comparison. The contrast of JJ coming out of the tent with Naomi and Emily being like, you girls sure love wiggling her <laughs> Why can't everyone be as pure as JJ? I love him. So he's just like looking for his Tic Tacs. Yeah. <laughs> they're so sweet. They were not having the chaos that... Effie was. Yeah. JJ's like, where's Pandora and Thomas? And Panda was in the tent alone, crying all night, and I think Thomas went home, right? Yeah. But how the hell did he get home? <laughs> he probably just walked because he's Thomas, and yeah. he's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, he's strong. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas's ungodly strength to walk through the night. And then it sort of uh, hits, like, where's Katie? Yeah. Effie probably doesn't even know where she is because she was so fucked up the night before. Yeah. And at that point, it's there's, like, a callback at that point, too, where Effie's like, Freddie. And, like, this thing keeps coming up. Like, she was going to say something at the shed to him, and she didn't say it. And then it came up again during the trip, and I think it's implied again that maybe they're going to have that conversation then. And then she's like... He's like, what? And she's like, nothing. She so. just needs to tell him that she loves him. But yeah, maybe this is like not the time to do yeah. that. Considering Katie's literally dying in the woods. Yeah. Like, let's not just forget about Katie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're kind of like patrolling, looking for Katie. And Effie ends up calling an ambulance like off to the side because she doesn't want anyone to know that she's the one who hit Katie. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to like secretly call the ambulance. Yeah. Leaves an anonymous tip. Mm-hmm. This also reminds me of bad trips, just rambling on the phone to somebody, getting home catatonic. Like, yeah, because Effie gets home, her mom pulls her out of the car, her mom washes her hair. It's very sweet. Yeah, we just see how, like, broken Effie has become at this point. Like, yeah. she is... She was, like, the bad bitch from day one in the first generation. Like, nothing could touch Effie, and now she's very much human and vulnerable in this Mm -hmm. scene. She's been through a lot in her life. She really has. She grew up really quickly. Yeah. I'm an Effie apologist. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. (laughs) I agree. She's a sympathetic character, and I think she's a really well-written character Mm -hmm. because she's not just one-dimensional. Like, oh, she's a bad person. It's like she is just making choices day by day to get by. And she was fucked up from watching Tony get hit by the bus. (laughs) That was so long ago at this point. Mm -hmm. So... Poor Effie. I do feel bad for her, of course. I think she just makes stupid decisions, but it's only because, like, I made stupid fucking decisions for a lot less than that. Yeah. I mean, I I literally just, I just remembered that our last episode was, like, all about Effie, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's why I wanted you on for this one, because I'm like, we're going to revisit little Fs. 
Yeah, it's like, I don't know. As someone who made some really weird decisions when I was younger, too, I feel like in retrospect, it's just like she's gone through so much traumatic bullshit. She's gone through having to deal with her parents, her, like, fucked up dad, her complacent mom, like, her mom that does start neglecting her even harder. Like, Mm -hmm. as time goes on, it's just like... Yeah, she's just surviving. She's just trying to get by, like you said. And now it's like things are really hitting the fan. And I'm sure it hits her more now because it's like her family isn't there. Her boyfriend's fucking around with somebody else. Her best friend's fucking around with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, she's at, like, I don't know, rock bottom. Bad times. Very bad times for Effie. Right. And she's probably trying to, like, spare Freddie the, like, mental shit she's going through. And that is like a really hard place to be in to just watch him dating someone else when he was kind of the last one left that she probably feels like she could reach out to yeah their relationship really develops in the next season especially but so Effie's now home she hasn't heard what's going on with Katie we have no idea if Katie's alive or dead and there was a lot of parallels I thought when she's trying to call everyone and no one's answering I thought of when Tony was on the outs with the whole friend group and he had the same scene in his bedroom trying to call everyone and no one would answer his calls. Whoa. Mm -hmm. I did not catch that parallel scene. That's fucking deep, dude. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, it was exactly the same scene and Skins has a lot of parallel scenes even between the generations. Yeah. Finally, I think Freddie calls her and says Mm -hmm. that Katie's at the hospital and she's alive they found her Mm -hmm. but she has nine stitches in her head Mm -hmm. and i noticed when effie gets to the hospital there are these little brain zap moments that they edit in where it's like effie's brain is literally like short circuiting basically really Mm -hmm. that's very very small detail but it's like there's like two little zaps and it kind of goes like black for a second whoa yeah I didn't catch that. That's that's heavy. That's deep. Yeah. So Effie's brain is literally short-circuiting. Yeah. (laughs) That's not good. I mean, she's kind of in... That happened to Tony, too, right? Like, everybody isolated him. Nobody wanted to be around him. The repercussions of his own actions were being felt, which is kind of what happened to Cook, too. Um, Which we'll come to in a second. But yeah, Effie goes to the hospital. Everyone knows... Freddie tells off Effie, calls her a bullshitter, basically. Uh, Both Emily and Pandora are very pissed at her. Everyone's pissed at her. Mm -hmm. So, what do you do but run away, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, and she turns to Cook, because he's the only one who will be there for her. Which, for better or for worse, is probably what anyone would do in that situation. (laughs) It's like, just turn to the only person that'll always be there. Yeah, they're both the outcasts now, in part because Cook did all this bullshit that helped make Effie the outcast. So Cook really fucking sucks. But yeah, the last scene is Effie and Cook in a car, mm-hmm. just driving. Apparently it's a stolen car. Of course, <laughs> casual Cook just stealing a car. Yeah. And he's like, it's you and me, babe. It's always you and me. And that is like the last scene of the episode. Don't run away with your scummy boyfriends, please. (laughs) (laughs) One final lesson for this episode. Yeah. Not to be wet blankets. Again. But (laughs) not good. If your whole friend group is isolating you, make new friends. 
don't run away with the guy that made your friend group isolate you that helped be part of that like yuck that's not good that's not healthy see i had a like moment i remember very vividly when i had sabotaged all of my friendships and nobody would talk to me that happened and fortunately i had the clarity to be like oh i think i'm the problem I think I need to do better because yeah if you think everybody but you is the problem then you're probably the problem <laughs> do some self-reflection yeah and that's when we get sober and start going to therapy and do better do better mm-hmm. so the moral of the story is do better so in the next episode Effie and Cook go to rehab and they decide <laughs> to make amends and they get sponsors <laughs> In a perfect world. (laughs) And everyone forgives them because they understand that we're all flawed humans with baggage and we just really work through it. Just kidding. They run away. What a fucking episode. It's a trip. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making so many puns. Seriously. I love it. (laughs) It sucks. Like rewatching this though, because imagine how stuck they feel and it's not even like they're adults, they're kids. Right. Like that really sucks. It's a really fucked up situation to be in, like having, I don't know, to be such an adult at such a young age. Right. Yeah. They deserve better. They do. So we'll see where this goes next week because we're just left on this cliffhanger of like what's coming after this. This was really like the fallout of everything. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much, Felicia, for coming on today's pod. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast. I can say that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thank you guys for tuning in. As always, next week we'll be back. I think it's a Katie-centric episode to see what happens with her after the incident in the woods. And you can always follow at Oh Wow the Podcast on Instagram, and I post on the Reddit and YouTube. Do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, if you're over the age of 18, please. Uh, my at is Felicia Fisher X. Um, I don't know if you wanted to see what I'm up to. Look me up on IMDb, Felicia Fisher. I do horror movies sometimes. Yeah, if you guys like the spooky vibes of this episode, you'll probably like a lot of the projects that Felicia's been in lately. Oh, yeah, I did a true crime vlogging thing in Illinois a while ago. (laughs) Yeah, always doing cool spooky stuff. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So we'll see you next Friday. Bye. Thanks, bye.